The halachas of divorce, chapter 10. The first halacha states that whenever we refer to a get being void, that is, batal, or we say it's not a get, what we mean is that according to the Torah, it is not a get, and therefore she is not properly divorced her first husband. If she has married a second husband, he must leave her, and any children born of the second marriage are illegitimate. On the flip side, if she was married to a kayin, since she has not actually divorced the kayin, she is still permitted to him. The second halacha clarifies that any time in which we say that a get is pasal, what we mean is that it is pasal according to the rabbis, and that is therefore kosher according to the Torah. And in any such case, if she has gotten remarried, she is permitted to remain with her second husband, and indeed she specifically should do so if she has had children so as to not bring disrepute upon their lineage. The third halacha states that whenever we say that a get is a suffolk, we mean that it is doubtful whether she has been properly divorced. She therefore should not get married to a second person. And if she got married to a second person, she should leave him because her own status is in doubt. In such a case, she is permitted to her first husband. And if he wants to, so to speak, remarry her, they do not have to have sheva brachas or a whole ceremony. Fourth halacha. Someone who remarries based upon a get that turns out to be batal needs a get from the second husband, according to the rabbis. And she needs another get from the first husband to permit her to anyone else. She is therefore usher to both her first husband and her second husband. Fifth halacha. There is a similar rule if a woman got married to a second husband based upon testimony that her first husband had died, and then he turns up alive, she should get a get from the second husband, and she would need a get from the first husband, and she would be prohibited to both. Sixth halacha. If, in either of the prior cases, that is, she thought her husband was dead, or she thought her husband had divorced her properly and had not, if she became niskadesh, that is, she did kiddushin with a second potential husband, but has not consummated the marriage, that is, she has not had a chuppah, or been in yichud with the second husband, she may return to her first husband, and if she receives a get from the first husband, she is permitted to the second person, because she was never properly consecrated to him to begin with. Seventh halacha. In either of the two prior cases, neither of the two men would be entitled to the fruit of her labor, and neither would be allowed to annul her vows. Neither of them would be required to pay her the money that is obligated to her by the Ksuba, and neither is required to fulfill the obligations of a husband. Eighth halacha. If two brothers consecrated a woman, and one of them reportedly died, and so she therefore did yibum with the second, and then it turned out the first one was alive, she would need to get from both of the men, both of the brothers. Similarly, if a man consecrated a woman, and she went away to another country, and he heard that she died, and so he got married to her sister, and then he found out that she's alive, he would have to divorce both. Ninth halacha. But if he married the first woman, did not merely consecrate her, and then she went away to another country and he found out she died and he married the second sister, he is still permitted to his first wife and the second sister does not need a get. In other words, she was never married to begin with. Tenth halacha. The only reason he would need to give a get to both women in the first example, where she is merely consecrated and not married, is to avoid a misunderstanding that perhaps the first marriage was al-tanai, that is, on condition. Eleventh halacha. If after the divorce it turns out that the husband has the get and the wife only has the receipt, the husband must give the get to the wife in the presence of witnesses, but if the wife is already remarried, we assume that the get was properly given to her and somehow the husband found it, it fell out of her hands, or something like that. Twelfth halacha. If a man divorces a woman because of reports of unfaithfulness, he must divorce her and promise never to marry her ever again and chastise her. This is so when she gets remarried and he finds out that she is faithful to the second husband. He will not say, if I had known that she was a good person like this, I would not have divorced her, and it would seem as though the divorce was altanai on condition. Thirteenth halacha. The law is the same if he divorced her because she was an islandess or because she was always a nida, and therefore they were unable to have children. Fourteenth halacha. An agent who brings a get from 
Chutz Haaretz and swears that the get was written in his presence, should not marry the woman who he helped divorce because we are concerned that perhaps he was attracted to her and therefore testified on her behalf. 16th halacha. The 14th halacha is only the case when we depend upon the man's testimony to render her divorced, but the son of such a witness is permitted to her. Similarly, the son of anyone else who was involved in the process is permitted to her. 17th halacha. If he divorced her and then they had relations again and there were witnesses to it, we assume that they are remarried and she would need another get in order to marry someone else. 18th halacha. The same thing is true if two Adim saw them go into Yichud together, saw them go into a room alone together. We suspect that they had relations with one another and they are therefore remarried. And she would therefore require another get. 19th halacha. Many of the Ge'enim ruled that if there are witnesses to any man having relations with a woman, it is assumed that they are married and she would therefore need a get if she wanted to marry someone else. Rambam does not accept these opinions and states that it is safe to assume if a man had relations with someone who was not his wife that it was licentious and it is not an expression that they are somehow married. 20th halacha. If a woman is married and there is a rumor in the city that she is divorced, we may not pay any attention to those rumors. But if first there was a rumor that she was married and then there was a rumor that she was divorced, we may pay heed to the rumors of her divorce because the only reason we think she's married is because of a rumor. 21st halacha. A man should never marry a woman if he intends to divorce her. And a man should not live with a woman or treat her as a wife if he intends to divorce her. Once he intends to divorce her, he must separate from her. But a man also should not hurry to divorce his wife unless he discovers sexual misconduct. This is with respect to a first wife. With a second wife, if he hates her, he may send her away. 22nd halacha. If a man discovers that his wife is behaving in an immodest fashion, he should divorce her. And it is not proper for Jewish men to be married to women who have loose moral conduct. 23rd halacha. If a man's wife becomes a deaf mute, he may divorce her by giving her a get, but if she loses her mental faculties, he may not divorce her until she regains mental stability. This is a gezerah instituted by our rabbis to make sure that such women were cared for and were not left by immoral people, unable to care for themselves. The husband would therefore be permitted to marry another woman so long as he cared for his first wife and provided for her. Obviously, with respect to all of these halachas, it is important to consult an Orthodox rabbi with respect to day-to-day application of halacha, and certainly with respect to something as important as this.